you got your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter number 7 tonight. Acts chapter number 7. To be able to laugh and smile, ain't it? Even when your elbow locks up. Amen. It's good to be here tonight. Acts chapter number 7. If you found your place there, say amen. 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 Acts chapter number 7. I'm going to be looking in verse number 1 through verse number 6. The Bible said this. Then said the high priest, are these things so? And he said, men, brethren, and fathers, hearken. The God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Charam. And said to him, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and come to the land which I shall show thee. Then came he out of the land of the Chaldeans and dwelt in Charam. And from thence, when his father was dead, he removed him into this land wherein you now dwell. And he gave him none inheritance in it. No, not so much as to set his foot on. Yet he promised that he would give it to him for possession and to his seed after him when as yet he had no child. And God spake on this wise that his seed should sojourn in a strange land and that they should bring them into bondage and entreat them evil 400 years. I'd like to get farther tonight, but we're going to have to stop there. So in our last study, we had begun talking about this man named Stephen. And we know tonight that Stephen was not full of himself, but Stephen is full of the Holy Ghost of God. And we also seen this man tonight, he was a deacon, and he was trying to reach the world with the gospel of Christ, or the Jew here. And as God was using him now to show miracles to the Jews, all, all he was trying to do was to show that Jesus Christ had come in the flesh, and that he had died and rose on the third day. Now, it was at this time that the Messiah had come. We know that Jesus had come. He had been there. He was on the right hand of God. And I'm glad that He did come and that He died on the cross for you and for me. My friend, we did not deserve to have Jesus Christ die for us. But He came and He died anyway. Now, I mean, friend, we are blessed to even be able to see it in a church house tonight. And we're looking at a man tonight, this man named Stephen, who knew the fact of the gospel of Christ. We're looking at a man tonight who is going to live his life for Jesus because Jesus had died for him. The Bible said we love because he first loved us. And if you're saved and if you're born again tonight, then the thing we ought to be doing in this life is to just be living our lives. For him. I'm telling you tonight, we can do, and I'm not preaching that we're saved by works by no means, but I'm saying tonight that after we get saved, we all want to live for him. Amen. He died for us, gave his life for us, not only so that we can enjoy freedom of today, not only so we can have church tonight, but so that our souls can be at liberty for the rest of our life after we leave this world behind. Friend, we owe so much to Christ that we can never, ever replay all He's done for us. Now, this is going to be a little carnal tonight, I know, but I, I know this is a movie, 
Me and my wife watched a movie about a pastor. And he was tired of preaching the same old sermons all the time. And this man asked himself the question, do he really truly follow Christ? And this man's message before this had not affected the lives of the people in the pew. But after this, it surely did. And so the people made a pledge in their life. I, I disagree with all that, the pledge deal. But listen, here's what the pledge was. They were going to always ask before they made a decision in their lives. They were going to ask, is this what Jesus would have done? Now, I know that was a movie. Alright, I understand that. But is that not the question that we should ask before we do everything in our life? What would, and you remember the little bracelets, WWJD and all that? What would Jesus do? Well, really, we ought to live our life that way. What would He do before I take this job? What would He do before I say what I'm about to say? Would, would this be something that would please Him? Well, that is what Stephen is doing in our text tonight in a sense. He was not doing what mankind would do. He was doing what Jesus Christ would have done and did do tonight. It was Christ who came and died and bled. So the Father would be glorified. Jesus did not come to glorify Himself. He came to glorify God. Stephen in our text tonight did not come to glorify Himself. But He came to glorify the Father and the Son and, and the Holy Spirit. So in our last study, we read Acts chapter 6 and verse 11. And we looked where the Bible says this. Then they suborned men which said, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. Now the people of this council could not say anything about what Stephen had spoken in our text. Why? Because Stephen spoke the truth. So in our last study, we saw how that this people were now going to gather another people who did not care to spread lies about this man of God. They are now saying that he spoke lies and blasphemy against God, which we know that he did not do. Uh, they also said he had spoken lies against Moses, and we know he didn't do that either. Alright, we saw that. Then we looked in verse number 12. The Bible said, And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes and came upon him and caught him and brought him to the council. So tonight Stephen is caught like a fish in a net. And he's in this council tonight. As we said in our last study, he was now the center of attention in our text. All eyes are upon Stephen. And they're probably wondering and hoping that Stephen would denounce the faith and stop speaking in the name of Jesus Christ. But that's not what Stephen's going to do. Amen. We read that and we read verse 13 through 14 as well. The Bible says, And set up false witnesses which said, This man ceaseth not to speak blasphemous words against this holy place and the law. They are lying against Stephen. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth shall destroy this place and shall change the customs which Moses delivered us. He's in this council tonight. Here is Stephen. The crowd is gathered against this man for doing exactly what you and I are doing here in a church house tonight. Now the lies begin against this man. And here he is in his life 
And even though lies are being spread against him, he's not going to go with the crowd and what the crowd wants. He makes the decision in his life that he's going to go with God no matter what. He had asked the question in his life of what would please God. He asked the question in his life. You could, he, I mean, the Bible don't say this, but you can imagine with me. Use your mind just a little bit. And he's saying, what would Jesus do in this situation? As a matter of fact, Jesus suffered greatly for you and for me tonight. Stephen is about to suffer for him. Amen. He's about to get his martyr's crown in our text. But now let's look at what leads up to his death and the way that he handles himself here before this council. We read that. We read verse 15. The Bible said this. And all that sat in the council looking steadfastly on him saw his face as it had been the face of of an angel. You remember we stopped there. And this man here is about to die for the faith. And I believe that he knew that he was about to die. Uh, but the look on his face was not a look of gloom and not a look of doom tonight. He was not paying attention to his circumstances. This man is looking up to heaven like Noah in the ark. The only way Noah had to look was up. Here's this man named Stephen, and he's looking up, and we're going to see some great things happen later on as he looks up. He's going to see what you and I are dreaming to see one of these days. But friend, I don't know about you, but I'm glad that in the circumstances of our lives, this same Spirit of God that was with Stephen is with you and me tonight. Hey, listen to me. We don't have to be doom and gloom all the time. The Spirit of God is with you and me. He lives in us and He's with us through every storm, through every trial, through everything that we go through tonight. The same God that Stephen had is the same God we've got. So sometimes, maybe, we ought to let our face shine a little bit. How do you do that for a church? You crack a smile. It's all right to smile, ain't it? That was an awful week, amen, for a lot of saved people. Amen. <laughs> or some, a lot of people say the same. Amen. I don't know that's when you can go. That was an awful week. But amen. So, now let's read chapter 7, verse number 1. Y'all bear with me tonight. going to be a lot of history in our text. The Bible said this. Then said the high priest, are these things so? Now, those men had brought false accusations against Stephen. And it's here in our text that we're going to see what it is that old Stephen has to say. We're going to see his sermon, I guess you can say, his testimony before these accusers. And we're going to see how that it was this man that is a defender of the faith that you and I believe tonight. And while we're at it, I want to say this. It's as we look at the pages of our Bible tonight that this is not just a story. I think sometimes we get so caught up in, well, this just it's just a story. Listen, this ain't a story. This is history. Amen. This is history in the making. And the sad part is they don't teach it in school. It's history. It's a history book. Hey Amen. So this is one of the first people that were literally killed tonight for the faith that you and I believe. And you and I enjoy the faith, or I hope you do, from the looks of those smiles. I, I don't know if you do or not. I sure hope so. But listen, they'll not teach us in school. So here's the history lesson for you tonight. And this really took place, and it really happened. So don't let this be a little story tonight. 
Let this be real to you tonight as we read. So he is a man that is full of the Holy Ghost of God and he's full of faith. This man was not an enemy to God's law, even though that's what they said. He was a friend to the grace of God because it was God's grace that had friended this man his life. And as a matter of fact, it's grace that will cause you and I to want to live higher than the law ever did. I mean, friend, listen to me. It was the law that said, thou shalt not kill. Right? Now, grace says, if you talk bad about your brother, then you are guilty of murdering him. I mean, friend, there's a lot of people who say, well, if you're saved by grace, you can sin. And just so the grace may abound, that's hogwash. Listen, if you're saved, you'll want to live higher than the law ever was. That's grace living. And no, we can't live it. And I'm glad that God has enough grace on us while we can't live it. Amen. But listen tonight. So this man's under the grace of God. It was that same grace that was about to carry this man named Stephen home in our text. Jesus Christ had prophesied that the great buildings in Jerusalem would be destroyed. Listen to this. Jesus said in Mark 13, 1-2, I'm going to try to go slow. And as he went out of the temple, one of his disciples said unto him, Master, see what manner of stones and what buildings are here. And Jesus answering said unto him, Seest thou these great buildings? There shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now I want to stop here because we're getting into what Stephen is trying to say. That great building Jesus is talking about is the temple of God. Alright? And we know that it was going to be destroyed, but Jesus Christ never said He was going to destroy it. That is what they're saying in our text. They're saying he's a blasphemer. He said he's going to destroy the temple. Jesus never said that. He said it would be destroyed. Okay? He was accused of speaking blasphemy against the temple. Now, you've got to understand this was a time in which they thought God couldn't move without a temple. Alright, you got to understand that. So we see they're accused of blasphemy against the temple. There are many in our text who are present to hear this warning. Many in our text who've seen the warning come to pass. Okay? Because it did happen. The temple was destroyed. But it was this same Jesus that had prophesied about the destruction of the temple. And guess what else He prophesied about? He prophesied about a king who would sit upon a throne. Amen. Where David sat over in Jerusalem. And I'm telling you tonight, Night, friend, it's going to come to pass tonight. It was Jesus that said Matthew 5 and 17, Think not that I'm come to destroy the law or the prophets. I'm not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Even though Jesus had said He was not going to destroy the law, that's what the false accusers said. They said, this man's coming to destroy it. Jesus said, no, I'm coming to fulfill it. They did not want to hear what Jesus had to say, and they hung Him on the cross. Here is Stephen tonight in our text, and he's saying the And going through the same thing Jesus went through. So we see this tonight. And now look at what Stephen has to say. Look at verse number 2. And he said, Men, brethren, and fathers, hearken. The God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Cherith. It was now as Stephen was speaking that he was not going to point these men to himself. But notice he points the people to the one who was higher than him and who's higher than us. He pointed them to the Lord of glory. Notice that Stephen said, Men, brethren, and fathers, hearken. 
The God of glory. He didn't say hearken to me. He said here's what God had to say. He was not talking about man tonight. He is pointing this crowd to the God of glory. What God of glory, preacher? To the one who made them tonight. And the one who made you and me. The Bible said in Psalm 91 and 2, Lord, Thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever Thou hadst formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, Thou art God. Stephen is trying his best here to point these people to God. And I want you to notice tonight how selfless that Stephen is. Stephen did not get mad at these folks. He is concerned about their soul. And he wants to see them saved even though they're going to kill him. Boy, if we could get a burden for lost folks like that. My, Stephen could have said, I want you to listen to what I have to say. But instead, he was wanting these men tonight to hear what God had to say. Stephen's saying, I, what I had to say doesn't matter. But I want you to listen to what God had to say. And so just like us in our day, we can't stand on the authority of man. But I'm glad we can stand on the authority of the Word of God. It was these men that he was standing before tonight who knew the Old Testament Scripture. They knew that. And it was also them who knew about God. They knew about the Lord. They knew that God had appeared to Abraham. They, they knew all that. But it was these people tonight who could not believe on Jesus Christ. And it's sad. And another thing we can take hope from this tonight is that you can believe in God your whole life and bust hell wide open. You've got to get settled in your heart that you're saved. You can believe. I mean, there's folks believing God every day and they're in hell. You've got to believe on Him, not in Him. So, it'd be sad tonight to know that there's a God your whole life and then wake up in hell. Well, these people didn't believe in Christ this whole time. Stephen's trying his best to point these people to Christ. We're going to see that. I bet he knew that, this, that his time was running short. I bet he knew that. And this man didn't try to make an escape. He just wanted to see them get right. You talk about being selfless. He said that. Then he said here, The God of glory appeared unto Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Charon. Now, what Stephen is telling the people in our text tonight was that God's call to Abraham was even while he was a great distance from the promised land. Alright? God had called Abraham while he was dwelling in the middle of adultery. Idolatry, not adultery. Idolatry in the middle of a people in his family that didn't worship God. They worshiped the false gods of that day. Another thing about all this tonight as well is he was showing them how that God did not need a temple to work then and how that God did not need a temple to work in, in that day. Alright? I'm glad that God gave us a church. I am. But God works outside the church too. I mean, some, sometimes we think that this is the only place we get close to God. Listen, a walk with God is about a relationship. I mean, I think you ought to come to church. Jesus put in the Word of God not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as a matter of some end. You ought to come to church. We ought to. But I'm telling you out there, we ought to have a relationship with Him. If this is the only place you have a relationship, then we need to listen to what Stephen said. And he's saying here that the temple is not the only place God dwells. Alright, so we see that. Let's read verse number 3. The Bible said this, And said to him, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred, and come into the land which I shall show thee. 
That was God's call to Abraham, right? To get out of what he used to do, the place he used to live. Did God not call us out of sin? Amen. We can see all this in Abraham to get out of his comfort zone and follow God. And we know that that is what Abraham done, right? He got out of his comfort zone. And even though he did obey the call, now there's some steps he has to take. I think lots of times we preach through this so fast that people just think Abraham answered the call and then he got there. And that's not, that's not exactly how it happened. So let's look at this tonight. He did not just come in an instant step from Mesopotamia into the land of Canaan. He didn't do that, alright? And he had to travel to get there, right? And the way he finally got there was he obeyed God while God ordered his steps, alright? That's what Stephen is reminding this. And I know I'm trying to go slow. There's a lot in this. That's what Stephen is reminding this council of tonight. He was trying to show them how that the God of heaven and the God of their fathers had led Abraham step by step by step. And he was trying to show them how that in their day that it was God who was trying to lead them step by step by step. God had opened the Scripture through the church to these men and they would not listen. Boy, is that not like the world today? Feels like he's saying, fellas, the wait is over. Jesus Christ has come. You're looking for a king that has already come, but he didn't come the way you wanted him to. He came the way God said he's coming. Amen. Through Abraham, right? Uh, through that light. So they were expecting a king to just go ahead and come and reign. That's not God's plan. And the king of kings and lord of lords will reign one of these days, but not yet. Amen. But I believe it soon. So he was also pointing to the fact that they had crucified the one Moses wrote about. He would, who would come through the lineage or family line of Abraham. All right? And he did come. Amen? Jesus, he came. But it was also after this call of Abraham, his walk got hindered by his dad. His own dad hindered his walk. Boy, there's a lesson in that. And his dad's name was Terah. Listen to this. The Bible said in Genesis 11, 31 through 32, and Terah, that's Abraham's dad, took Abram his son, and Lot the son of Haran, his son's son. And Sarah, his daughter-in-law, his son, Abram's wife. And they went forth with him from Ur the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. Now listen to this. And they came to Haran and dwelt there. I don't read my Bible where God ever told Abraham to go to Haran. But they dwelt there. Then get a hold of this. And the days of Terah, that's Abraham's father, were 205 years and Terah died in Haran. God had not told Abraham to go there, but we know that he stopped there tonight until his father died. Men, as fathers and dads, we've got to be careful where we lead our children. He left them in a place where God had not told him to go. That's another message for another time. So we see all this in Genesis 12 verses 4 through 9. So his father took him there. Lots going on here. But the Bible said this. So Abram departed. This is after his father died. I know there's a lot here. As the Lord had spoken unto him, a lot went with him. And Abram was 70 and 5 years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abram took Sarah his wife and Lot his brother's son and all their substance that they had gathered and the souls that they had gotten in Haran and they went forth to go into the land of Canaan and into the land of Canaan they came. Uh, Genesis 12 and 6. And Abram passed through the land unto the place of Sichem, unto the plain of Moab. 
And the Canaanite was then in the land. We're going somewhere with all this. Just try and bear with me. The Bible said, And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. Now, understand. He didn't give it to him here. He said, Will I give this land? He said, I'm going to, in other words, okay? I'll get this land. And there he built an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. And he removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west and Hai on the east. And there he built an altar unto the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abraham journeyed, going on still toward the south. Okay? Now what is going on in our text uh, there in Genesis is that God has now removed Abraham into this land. Now listen to this in verse 5. And he gave him none inheritance in it, not so much as to set his foot on. Yet he promised, he, God, promised that he would give it to him for possession and to his seed after him, when as yet he had no child. Now, understand this. Stephen is trying to point out something in our text. It's very important. This thing ain't about the temple. This thing is about God. And it was at this time that Abraham still yet did not possess this land. Alright? But notice the Bible said that, and he gave him none inheritance in it. Right? Stephen's trying to show them so much. I'm about to bust. The land was not Abraham's at that time. But we know that he will possess the land. He ain't yet. But one of these days, he is going to possess that land over in Canaan's land. Amen. He will sit there. And so will his seed. Who's his seed tonight? Israel is his seed. Listen, when the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is raptured out, and when the Antichrist has run his course and done all his mess, and after the curse has been lifted from the earth, that's when Abraham, the friend of God, and the father of the faithful, will come into the promised land of his inheritance. And that's when Psalm chapter 8 where the Bible said this, Lord, Thou hast been favorable unto Thy land. Thou hast brought back the captivity of Jacob. Listen to this. I like this. Thou hast forgiven the iniquity of Thy people. Thou hast covered all their sin. Thou hast taken away all Thy wrath. Thou hast turned Thyself from the fierceness of Thine anger. You know what's going to happen tonight? In that time after the rapture takes place, after the Antichrist and the devil are in hell, never to be loose no more. There'll be no anger. Uh, 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 God won't be angry anymore in that day. And that promise that God had promised Abraham will come to pass. And Stephen also reminded the council that God had made the promise to Abraham and it's coming to pass. May I say to you tonight, it's coming. Amen. <laughs> what a day. Let's read verse 6. And God spake on this wise that His seed should sojourn in a strange land, and that they should bring them into bondage and entreat them evil 400 years. It was in this part of the testimony of Stephen. Stephen is referring to the statements tonight that are recorded in our Bible in Genesis 15, verse 13 through 14. The Bible said, And he said to Abram, Know of a surety, that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. 
And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge. And afterwards shall they come out with great substance. Boy, I wish I had time tonight to go into this. But the fact and the thing that we can see tonight is that God will fulfill what is promised to His people. God has not forgotten about Israel in our day. That land is their land. It doesn't matter what anybody tries to do, what anybody tries to say. They will inherit that land. Amen? And what Stephen is trying to drive home from all this tonight is he's trying to show these leaders in Israel just how wrong that they are for rejecting Christ, just how wrong that they are in their self-righteous boasting and in their pride tonight. And even though they had set themselves up as a people to watch over the Word of God, they had handled God's Word falsely tonight. And friend, God was not working through the temple. God is working through His church in our text tonight. And God is not necessarily working through a temple tonight, but He's working through His people. If you're saved, He wants to work through you. He is working through Stephen in our text. God appeared to Abraham alone when there was absolutely nothing for Abraham to boast about. Amen. He belonged to a land of idolaters that had nothing but sin and shame in their lives. And when God appeared to Abraham, it was Israel that was still yet unborn. Amen. And as much as he was trying to tell them tonight, it was their eyes that were so blinded that they could not see the promise of God. They're lifted up in their pride. They're lifted up in their arrogancy. And Stephen is making a comparison here that so it was with Abraham. It had been with the promised seed, Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus had been a stranger to Israel as He dwelt among men. Just like Abraham's descendants had been strangers in bondage in a strange land. For 400 years. But it was at even in their disobedience. God dealt in grace. And He dealt in mercy. Oh friend. As Stephen is testifying before these religious leaders. He is preaching what you and I preach in our day. And in our time to these folks. He's preaching about Abraham. He is testifying and he's recounting the history of the people that these Jews are so proud of. That's their, they're proud of Moses. They're proud of Abraham. They're proud of the law. They were proud of that. They had been left in charge of the law as well. And friend, the truth of the matter is they still would not listen to Stephen. Here's the fact of it all. They're committing the same sin that many of their forefathers did. The children of Israel in the Old Testament should, have been walk, should not have been walking around the wilderness for 40 years, but they did because they disobeyed God. They would not listen. Neither will these rulers in our text listen to Stephen. It didn't matter if they were listening or not, though, because there was a Word of God that was settled and it could not be changed. And I'll say this tonight, God's Word is still settled and it cannot be changed. I'm telling you tonight, men can take their hand and they can try and change it. They can do all they want to. This thing is settled down here. This thing is settled in hell. Amen. Amen. May preach on that Sunday. I don't know. But I'm glad I got something that wasn't settled by man, but it was settled by God. Hey, Stephen is giving tonight the Word of God. And he's talking about what happened in some of the Old Testament. It was still yet that Word. 
that was working in the hearts of these men. We'll see all that later. And it was working, they ignored it, alright? Just like it works in the heart of men. And even though it cuts their heart, we're going to see they reject it. As we travel on through Stephen's sermon, Lord willing, in our next study, he is going all the way around to point these people to Christ. All the way back to Abraham. All the way back to Moses. To try and show them that Jesus lives. And they still end up rejecting Him. Let's all stand with our heads bowed our eyes closed. This Word's going to be fulfilled. That land will be theirs. But praise God tonight, there's a land that's going to be ours as well. It's a land called heaven. Friend, I want to say this tonight while we stand.